everybody. Welcome to Guts and Glory. I'm your host, Chantel. And today we have a 17-year-old guest. Her name is Abby Redding, and she's here to talk about her journey with IBD. Abby, welcome to Guts and Glory. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So there's a lot going on in your life right now, mm -hmm. being 17, yes. graduating, grade 12. But let's take it back a little bit. Yeah. So you were diagnosed with inflammatory bowel disease mm -hmm. just over a year ago. Is that right? Yeah. Ju July 12th. And you're, yeah. wow. So actually just less than a year of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in June. So you're. Yeah, almost there. <laughs> yeah, almost there. Almost at your year anniversary. You were diagnosed with. Crohn's disease. Uh, severe Crohn's disease. Severe yeah. Crohn's disease. So tell us about your journey. Did your diagnosis come quickly? Like, was it something no. that took a while? It took a really long time. Okay. Um, pretty shorter than most patients, but it was difficult because mine was so severe. Right. Um, in April, I had gone to Hawaii and I got really, really sick. Like, like Hawaii? I know, right? What a buzzkill. I was like fainting on the beach. What? And oh yeah, I threw up oh. everything I ate and we we're like, oh, should I just have a bad stomach bug? And right, I came. Actually, you think you've picked something up. You're yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So we got home. I went to the doctor, uh, the, you know, the emergency room. And the doctor in Huntsville had like looked at me, did all the blood work and everything. And she's like, oh, it's just hemorrhoids. So I got a script for hemorrhoid cream. And we had bought literally every single cream on the market. Right. Um, and wow, they thought it was hemorrhoids. Yeah, for like two months, every single doctor we went, I went and having blood. Like, what were your symptoms? You were fainting, you were fainting, vomiting, uh, a diarrhea. Yeah, I had these massive lumps on my like bum area. Right. And so that's where they thought the hemorrhoids was. It's actually skin tags and fistulas. So they really didn't look into it until when I was working, I'd passed out in my guard chair. I'm a lifeguard. And my um boss came up to me and i was fainted like completely out and tapped me you sort of cannot be passed out as a lifeguard no 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 i mean if a kid drowns you know poor jimmy he just he won't live anymore but <laughs> no yeah he yeah. um my boss like tried to wake me up they pulled me inside tried to cool me down thinking it was just like heat stroke you know because it's common i work outside right and uh, we went to the hospital my hemoglobin was 70 so that's infusion level, except yeah. most town hospitals will not infuse. But so you went to small hospital at this point. Yeah, it was like right. the, the the Huntsville District Hospital or whatever. Right. And um, the one doctor, he did a blood test and he's like, no, every other doctor that you've been to is wrong. It is not hemorrhoids. Like something's going on here. Yeah. So he had me stay in the ER for 27 hours with my mom. She slept on a plastic chair. And I had to um, have an emergency sigmoidoscopy. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't eaten in quite a few weeks. And so they were like, we need to do an enema. And if anybody's had those, those are not fun. No, they're not fun. No. They're especially not fun when you're feeling weak already. Yeah. And you have to and an enema. And then you have to be like right on the toilet, like right there. Oh, yeah. And there was like nothing there. And so it was just, I didn't eat in weeks. So it was like, what was the point? And keep in mind, listeners, Abby was 16 at this time. Yes. So. Yes. I just turned 16. She's only 17 now, but still. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And so I had the emergency sigmoidoscopy. They told my mom it'd be 10 minutes in and out. They probably won't find anything. Right. Uh, an hour later, they came out and told my mom, every single centimeter about 50 centimeters i saw was ulcerated and inflamed so that's also probably why it took so long to do we yeah. have to be careful when they're scoping yeah yeah right. so uh they referred me to a doctor in huntsville but the problem is we don't live in huntsville that's just our like summer home because my grandparents live there and so we got referred to sick kids to dr walters and um 
he's been a great doctor and I was admitted for, so they originally wanted to do a full endoscopy and scope and that kind of stuff. But um, I had an infection, like a bad, bad fistula infection. Uh, that's why I was in so much pain, uh, like to the point where I was literally on the ground screaming. Like I. So did you get transferred from that hospital down to sick kids? Or yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So like we, an ambulance? They just, no, oh, we drove ourselves. Your parents. Too. Um, the ambulance ride would have been crazy. Yeah. Um, but they, they, we were supposed to come in for a scope. Like you just kind of come in for the scope and then leave. But, uh when they had talked about like the discharge I was having, it was related to an infection in my fistulas, what they assumed was fistulas. Right. So you have fistulizing Crohn's. Yeah. 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 Um, I think they said six or seven fistulas and they're all branched out. This was at the time when you were. Yeah. And they've gotten worse. Um, but yeah, so they did the, they tried to manage the infection. I was on a bunch of antibiotics, still am long-term and they finally were ready to do the scope, which was horrid. If anybody's done scope prep, it sucks. Like, really bad. It sucks. Yeah. Scope itself, you're sleeping, so you're like, me. Yeah, yeah. But in the press, wake up. Yeah, the prep is just not the... No. It's not fun. Mm-mm. It's it's okay if you're going in for a routine colon- colonoscopy and you're healthy and you don't have fistulizing Crohn's, you don't have all these other situations, but when, you, when you're very ill yeah. and you have fistulizing Crohn's, it's not a fun experience. And, and it's needed, though. Yeah. It's needed. You have to do it, but it's just, it's not a fun experience. Yeah, and especially when it's like your first one. Like I'd never had a colonoscopy before. So it was just it wasn't I wouldn't I wouldn't say the procedure itself was bad, but it was, yeah, just the the whole night leading up to it. Um my nurses, they were like, We're gonna do one more dose. My nurse was like, uh, no. No more doses. She's done. We're, she's emptied. There's nothing <laughs> left in her going. So for our listeners who don't know Ontario, do not know Canada very well. So when Abby talks about going to a clinic in or to a hospital in Huntsville. It's like a very small northern town. So it's probably two to three hours north of Toronto, like the big city. And then when you were transferred down to Sick Kids, that was going right into downtown Toronto. Yeah. Um, center. Right in the center of the city, where I'm glad you went to Sick Kids. If it's as a kid, kid who's yeah. under the under under the age of eighteen, it's the best place to go. Yeah. Like I tell people, if your child is sick and you can get to Sick Kids go there yeah because they're an amazing place yeah so you got to sick kids you had the prep dr walters who said at the time it was dr benchwell who did the scope dr benchwell did the um, scope. Okay. dr walters was on like the off week where he just does like online calls right um so i did have dr benchwell um so after the scope it was pretty brutal i'd woken up i mean i was high on anesthesia which was hilarious <laughs> saying some weird stuff Especially as a 16-year-old. I'm yeah. Sure yeah. her mom was having a great time. Oh, she's like, <laughs> she's, she's sad she didn't film it. She wanted to play it at my wedding. Um, but yeah, uh, the anesthesia wore off eventually. But when I had woken up, I knocked back out after. When they woke me up, my nurse, um, you're not really supposed to like shower right away because I wanted to shower. And I was still like, you, need, you know, you need support to stand. Right. So she'd actually uh, wipe me down with her, like with her hand in a cloth. Wipe so me down. I was covered in blood. That's how bad it was. Like all up my backside, all over my legs. Like it was. But it, this is because of the fistulas. You had so many. Yeah. And yeah. they said as they moved the camera, it just kept gushing out. Like they were, uh-huh. they were worried they'd have to do a transfusion just because it was so much blood. Um, so is that when you got your diagnosis or did you get your diagnosis from the sigmoidoscopy you had in Huntsville? They didn't fully diagnose okay. because they have to do a full scope That's to right. diagnose yeah. it. And usually some biopsies. Yeah. So like they that, took yeah. the intestinal biopsies and um, they took pictures 
but I, yeah. There were some interesting pictures. They're like, this is a good colon. This is yours. Yes. This is bad. But that's good, though. It's a good learning experience that they yeah. took the time to explain those things to you. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to be sick with IBD for the rest of our life. Unless, magically, you're way younger than me. So maybe there will be a cure one day. Um, but in the meantime, we, we need to learn as much as we can. Yeah. Right? I was not diagnosed as young as you were at 16. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed at 20, so four years later, a little bit more life experience. But it's a shock to the system. There's a lot going on, especially yeah. considering you had fistulized in Crohn's at the yeah. time. Your hemoglobin was low. You were at a new hospital in downtown. Your parents are displaced, right? Like yeah. everybody is kind of all over the place. So did you end up being admitted? Yeah. So my first admission was when I had the infection. That was about almost 13 days. Right. Um, they let me go because I was like, break me out of this prison. I loved it at first, but after the like scope prep, I was like, I'm in jail, let me out. Um, so yeah, I kind of just begged the doctor. Like he, he'd said he should have kept me for a little longer, but it was summer. I was, you know, working and skating. And my one goal was to leave the hospital before skating started up again. So yeah, he kind of just let me have my way. So you're on a treatment plan now. You said you're on antibiotics. My guess yes. is you're taking like Cipril and Flagyl. Yes. Is that the... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Long term. These are the keys. These are always my, my favorite. Yeah. And are you on a biologic or any type of 5-ASA or methotrexate or Imuran or anything? Uh, it's helping. Just- so I was on methotrexate mm-hmm. um, because I moved from Angevita to Remicade. I had failed Angevita within the first two months of using it. Um, right. Which happens. Like, oh, yeah. A trial and my My body was just using up the medicine way too quickly mm-hmm. i was up to like i think four or six pens every week mm-hmm. that was how much med- yeah so they moved me to remicade it's been working ever since cross my fingers knock on what that doesn't doesn't knock stop it. <laughs> and how often do you go for your remicade infusions are you six weeks q six weeks yeah six weeks yeah okay so levels have been good they did drop the last tdm and i asked my doctor i was like is this bad and he's like no no it's good as long as it doesn't drop between 18 right good so you're on Remicade, Cipril, and Flagyl. You're on anything else right now to help? Try a bunch to of see? vitamins, folic acid. Vitamins. Yeah. Lanzaprazole. Yeah. On Dancitron. On Dancitron's my best friend. So your officializing Crohn's is still here. Obviously, that's not something that just kind of goes yeah, away. You're does. still dealing with it. But despite how you may be presenting clinically in, in your colon and your test lines, how do you feel right now? Um, okay. I'm assuming better than that. Than yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely better yeah. than the summer. Um, it's been difficult because I've been in what the, like the active flare for over a year. Right. Like they they said it's you're such a difficult case. You can't get into remission, which is like sucks. Yeah. Um, to symptom manage essentially. Yeah. Because all my friends that I met are like, oh, remission's great. You know, hardly any symptoms. And I'm like, here I am with 17 drugs and a Don't give pack. up yet. Don't <laughs> give up, girl. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> you, you'll get there. Oh, yeah. There will be a time. I feel like you're based on what you had said, obviously I think you're doing a little bit better. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit better. But I mean, still daily struggles, still issues. Yeah, I, I'm a pretty, like pretty high pain tolerance. So symptoms, when I did get sick, my mom was like, you know, this is weird. You know, right. Abby never complains. So something right. serious must be going on. on. Um, and, you know, it sucks and you feel like garbage, but it, there's nothing you can do about it and you kind of just got to suck it up and live with it how's your eating are you okay yeah okay here and there here and you're there. a teen so yeah. like i'm yeah. sure you're not sticking to a super strict diet no i mean i follow 
I know what works for me. Like my dad and I are the same way. Like trigger foods that bother yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We think he has Crohn's just from the way his body functions and his genetic. and Really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so now, they think, now that you're having a diagnosis symptoms. and you have symptoms, it's probably an eye-opening. Dads don't like to go to the doctors. No. I mean, that's a stereotype, but like mm-hmm. my dad doesn't like going to the doctor. No, your like, dad's like, I'm like, dude, just get up, just just, go and you get just the clothes to go. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I get it. Just, yeah. Like, I'm doing it, dad. Like, like there's I love no excuse. It, but if you're going to keep complaining about the pain, go to the doctor. <laughs> to the doctor. It's <laughs> not that hard. So you, but that, but that's nice though, to have your dad, even though he doesn't have officially a diagnosis, but to have trigger foods together. And can kind of regulate what you're eating and what you should be eating. Kind of eat the like same thing together. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Yeah, because like my mom, she makes really good food, but she loves her spices, like her seasonings and her spices. And I'm like, okay. Now, see, I am not bothered by spices. Yeah. I know. It's the odd. Granted, hang on a second. (laughs) Roll that back for a minute. If I'm flaring, if I'm really bad don't i'm definitely not but if i'm feeling a bit better like i'm not talking about you know hot sauce that's removing tar from your driveway i'm talking about a little bit of cajun a little bit of cayenne really? just a little sprinkle nothing oh. too wild but no yes i can tolerate it but if you can't do not and i'm not i am not telling everybody to go out there and to try this no this is not what i'm saying no. like we are we know our bodies really yeah. well but like also too like people like oh eat lots of fruits and vegetables i don't know about you but i have a hard time digesting, digesting a lot of fruits seeds and vegetables and, yeah it's hard yeah. raw vegetables are really hard and shaving your apples they they told me you do apple peels that exactly. is something the, i cannot skin, do skin yeah and like what they tell you like the foods when i got diagnosis to kids they gave you this like giant paper and it's like this is what like the normal human body doesn't digest and so it might be extra hard for you. Yeah. And so totally. I was like, I've been lactose intolerant, like not been able to tolerate lactose as much. Right. So it was like, the you know, super sensitive I went now. fully like vegan kind of thing, like, like vegetarian. Doing nothing. <laughs> oh yeah. My, my favorite meal was quinoa and a piece of chicken. And you or, the quinoa. Good for you. That's oh good. yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Quinoa and a piece of chicken or quinoa and a piece of salmon. And then you slowly introduced some stuff back into your diet? Yeah, like my biggest thing that bothered me was that I couldn't have Starbucks. I'm a huge Starbucks addict. Girl, you are 17. You do not need to be having caffeine like this. I'm going to tell your mother. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Actually, <laughs> like, she, she knows. You she know knows. I get, I get, I get the side eye. Students at grade 7 and 8 will come walking into my classroom in the past with like coffees. So I'm like, what is going on here? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, the coffees bother me. Like, I'll, I'll have like a here yeah. and there coffee for school when I'm studying. They're also very, I also feel like for a lot of people, caffeine's a bit of a laxative. Yep. Which we don't need any help with. No, I mean, sometimes you, you know, sometimes. clear everything out. You know, yeah. Colon yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just take some coffee. Um, but yeah, like, I know I'm my Starbucks. I was like going through because they were like, oh, watch sugar intake, watch this. Right. So it was like I the first thing I did getting out of the hospital was make a list of the Starbucks drinks I could have. Right. (laughs) Because that is all I cared about. You'd think 16 year olds would be like, what can I still have at McDonald's? No. Abby wants to know. What can she can still have at Starbucks? And and you know, the the good thing about uh, being in the hospital is that sick kids has a Starbucks that opens from it's open in the lobby from 5 a.m to 11 30 at it's night it's probably the only one that's open that long yeah, there's yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. else in the hospital that's we were going day. three to four times a day yeah on dad's card oh yeah. no on yeah. dad's card though yeah to make the dad i'm in the hospital you better pay for my Starbucks. and he's not going to the doctor nope. so there we go exactly go to the doctor so almost a year has passed yeah 
you obviously had a difficult year. That would have been closing off grade 11 yeah. and then summer and into grade 12. You have graduated. You yes. It, but yes. you literally and figuratively, you've kicked on intended. You actually have prom tomorrow. Yes. Which is wild. Here she is the day before prom um, <laughs> on our episode. Oh, yeah. So just a little background for our listeners. So I actually met Abby. We were at a GI Society Inside Affairs event a couple yeah. of weeks ago in the city of Toronto. Um, and Abby was a youth on the panel. So there was a panel of probably five or six people. A bunch uh, of different people were up there. Six. She was the only patient. Abby was the only patient and being a youth. So, of course, I was in the audience listening and I was captivated by Abby and just her story and just being a teen. And we've had teens on here before and talking mm -hmm. about theirs. And I'm always just like amazed by kids. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, I'm going to call you a kid. Don't get offended. <laughs> by kids who are dealing with this disease and still navigating life. Like yeah. being a teenager is super hard. Like grade 12 kicks your butt, you know? It like, sucks, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. So like having to deal with high school and then having fistulizing Crohn's disease, mm -hmm. like, you know, were accommodations made for you? How did you navigate being yeah. ill in high school? And like, not to throw anybody under the bus, but let's have an honest conversation. Like this yeah. obviously was difficult for you. Yeah, so entering grade 12 in itself is like a big change for people because, you know, you're moving on. This is your last year of high school. So much pressure. Like, yeah. Oh, secondary. Like, everything's yeah. stressing. Yeah, so I came in after the summer. I chatted with my school and I was like, this is all the crap that happened over the summer. This did mom and dad, like, help you? Like, did you, like... Yeah, yeah. Okay. So mom so has been a very good advocate, like, to the point where... I tell her teacher's not giving me accommodations. She gets right on the phone. Shout out to and, mom. And shout out to mom. <laughs> and brings like all hellfire down on that teacher. Yeah. Um, because she like she cares. She's absolutely and she's been in the industry. She knows uh, like everything about Crohn's. Um, and now that, you know, her daughter has it, she's kind of been like super mom, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was it was tough. Uh it was hard because it was like call after call, like, what do you need? What is this? What is this? So we came up with plans, three plans, A, B, C. And plan A was simple. You know, if I was sick, you know, I'd get an extension, whatever. Right. Plan B was if I happen to miss school, I'll go on Zoom. Right. Plan C was if I happen to miss a test or exam that's big, they'll be like, it'll either be waived or written at a later date. Okay. This was a plan that was made with the school. You mean? Yes, like, yes. Yeah, okay. these are my plans, you know, because they, they try to make plans so that we can implement them in case something happens. Well, it's good that there was a multi-step approach too, because yeah, yeah, yeah. like IBD is, it's it keeps you it guessing. It does whatever. You, you don't really get a choice. It doesn't yeah. give a shit. No. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, hello, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's good. Um, And yeah, so the they were good from the start until about first semester. Um, We were closing exams and... So first semester here in Canada is like January. Yeah, January, like just after just, the winter yeah, break. Just yeah. after Christmas break, yeah. yeah. So I had come back to school, we we're studying for exams and um, I was like really sick still. So my nurse was like, I want you to come to sick kids. You're gonna do blood tests. You're gonna do right. appointment with the therapist. Just kind of to get oh. everything to like ground me. And so I was in the hospital. I had had a doctor's note written to take to school because they're like, oh, we always need one if you're going to miss a class. Mm -hmm. So I was like, always like texting my doctor be like, yo, I need another I need another letter. Um, I was like, maybe I'll just start changing the dates on them for myself. <laughs> Keep the same one and just take yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so I brought the doctor's note. Because at this point, you're going to sit kids, which is a, like 
Which an hour and a half drive. Yeah, it's not a without cool drive for you. So even if you're just going for the day, like if you have a morning appointment, this is a whole day for you and your family. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You like are there all day mm-hmm. either way. Um, so yeah, so we had come home. It was a few days back and forth, and I had said to my school, I need to move my exams, like just push them back another day because we have I have three exams because I have a spare. So it was like three, and then I have just usually the fourth class, and then we have a makeup day. So it's like, why can't we just shift? all of them one day back so I can take time to study. You know, I've been at sick kids. It's not really easy to just take your chemistry notes in the middle of your appointment and be like, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, plus you're not in the right mindset either. Like, no, you're so, unwell. Like you're at sick kids doing all these appointments because you're not doing well. Yep. MRI, MRE, those kind of things. Um, so I was denied. Um, any help. Plus your exams. Any, any, yeah, I was expected to show up. So if I'd missed the exam, it was an automatic zero. And that's actually what happened to my boyfriend. He missed his exams because he had a concussion and it was zero, 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 and he failed. So I was like, I'm not missing them. So I showed up and I'm like a like straight 90 student all through high school. I got 70s on all the exams. Yet so I haven't studied on them for any of them, right? So it's like, it's kind of like the 75% that you remember. And then the like, you know, right. 25% you need to go back and relearn. Um, so it was okay. It was kind of just frustrating. It felt like a kick in the butt, like you had already been through so much this week. And it's like, you couldn't even do that. I think it's very frustrating. I'm I'm so with my background in education, this frustrates me. Oh, yeah. I'll say. Yeah. And then being a patient, it frustrates me, um, especially considering, and I'm not trying to downplay schooling. Anybody's listening to this, like, do not. I'm an educator. You guys know this. Um, but it's not that important. And if you've been proving yourself throughout the year, like why couldn't they give you the extra day or waive it or do something along those lines? But anyways, I think the most important part here is that even advocating for yourself sometimes and having family advocating for yourself doesn't always get what you need, honestly. And that's a a hard reality of people who are living with any type of disability or illness. Yeah. And I think one of the things that makes it difficult for people with IBD is that And I hate when people tell me, you look great though. Yeah. Right? Like we don't look sick. And I feel like when people look sick, when people look sick, they empathize more. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, Abby, we see that you're unwell. on their treatment, you know? Like, yeah, it's chemotherapy. That's why when you say to somebody, oh, you you look sick, that's the result of their treatment. Yeah. That's not the result of their cancer. When we've had very, when we've become very ill and we've lost a lot of weight, like there's been times where I've dropped weight so quickly and I've returned to work. Yeah. And like, people have been like, oh my gosh, like, you know, my cheeks. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize you were so sick. And it's it's unfortunate that IBD is an invisible illness because for me, for example, like, yes, when I've been really sick, sometimes I've looked at, but my worst, like when I've been my absolute worst sickness, I did not look No, sick. you look fine. Yeah, on the inside now. Oh, that's I was saying. not looking very good. I was like, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring those intestine pictures, you know? Yeah. Here's like, mine. Here's, here's what it's this, supposed this to look like. This is what yours looks like. This is what mine looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, step into my body and feel my my feelings. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, then after that, it, the story gets better. Um. After your exams, you mean? Yeah. So, so this would be your exams that you wrote for this year in January. Yeah. January, yeah, yeah. February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after that, I had signed up in September to go on uh, my school does global trips. And oh, yes. so like, I had signed up to go to Iceland, which was like super cool. I know, right? Love Iceland. So on the Thursday after my three exams, my mom had called the school and was like, you know, she got patient advocate doctors and everything. Like this was not okay. This was unacceptable. Abby did not feel prepared. Like I had mental broke down on all my exams. 
and the stress of everything this is a lot yeah so she had the uh principal come on and the principal's like oh just so you know we're not allowing abby to travel she's not going on iceland okay mind you we signed up for this in september my disease was made aware to them in september and we had paid forty five hundred dollars for this trip well i would have been like that's fine if she's not going where's my forty five hundred dollars yeah and exactly so our plane was to take off on saturday and this was thursday so my mom was like, why? And so she had told us that a, a, a medical professional had told her that my disease is rare and contagious. And if people are around me. Contagious. They can, they can get Crohn's. OMG. Okay. Uh-huh. I know that all of our <laughs> listeners know that inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, ulcerative proctitis, fistulizing Crohn's, un, you know, undetermined colitis, whatever you want, whatever you are diagnosed is not contagious for the record full stop period it is not contagious it is an autoimmune disease just like psoriasis and arthritis yeah, yeah. And lupus it's autoimmune yeah no no it's contagious come on the medical professionals so. so and your mom your mom works in the pharmaceutical industry so i'm sure she was just like a full stop oh yes <laughs> so so mom got a little i've never seen my mom this mad because you know well it's just the sheer ignorance yeah first it's, of all it's her is. daughter second of look all, how frustrated i just got just then you know yeah and it's and you're not my daughter <laughs> yeah and so be, but you're not <laughs> so she she had actually called um one of our i think family friends or somebody she worked with has IBD and is a lawyer so she called the lawyer Beautiful. and was like you know we're gonna not we're acceptable. gonna sue yeah. for uh health discrimination and fraud yeah they were gonna take our money and not give it back it's also a lie yeah, you are contagious. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. even spreading that information is just yeah. so harmful. And I had told her repeated times, tried to explain it to her. She was just too ignorant to listen. This was admin administration. Yeah. Yeah. So then... Um, Who we will leave unnamed. <laughs> yes, we will not name. Also the name of your school, we will leave unnamed. That will be unnamed too. Yeah. Um, so we then went to... Uh, we had the lawyer call them. We're like, this is what we're suing for. My mom's like, hey, we can get your university uh, admissions fees. <laughs> we, were, we were secretly hoping they wouldn't yeah. let us go on the Iceland trip. Um, so then she did let us go. And we we got to Iceland. We were 16 hours on the tarmac. So who, you did you go alone? Did mom No, it was a school. You? It was a school. No, but I mean like. Yes, I went okay. alone. Yeah, yeah. So because, And your doctors, I'm sure, had your treatment all sorted out at that point. Well, yeah. Like you and were, flying with your I meds, was, you were ready to go. Yeah, I was traveling with a, um, one of the staff has ulcerative colitis. So one oh of the gosh. the teachers that was doing it was like, this is a load of, you know what, like, right. She's like, shout out to that teacher who will leave unnamed and <laughs> shout out to her. <laughs> yes. Um, I, she knows this. I always tell her, I'm like, I love you for that. Um, but she was like, I don't, this is all wrong. This, I don't agree with this. And so um, we got to Iceland, 16 hours on the tarmac because we had ice storm had hit. It was like the really bad ice storm from the volcanoes. Lord. And then we left, it was supposed to be a seven day trip. Another ice storm was going to hit, so we had to leave after three days. And we only got oh, we only got three hundred dollars back. But so, it was gorgeous. I've it's been beautiful. It's a beautiful the place. lagoon. We did the we actually hiked probably one of my favorites was the glacier. We hiked this giant glacier. So you just had a jam packed three days. Oh yeah, and we like went into the lava tunnels. All we missed was like museums. We missed a whale watching tour, but I've seen whales. So like we got the good. You stuff. did. You did some good stuff. Got the good stuff. You did yeah. some good. And I'm glad you. Yeah. Went. I also think it's just nonsense. All those things that had to happen before that. <laughs> but here you are. Prom tomorrow, graduating. Yes. Oh, yes. Pulled it together. Finally. Tell us what you're doing in September. Um, So I am moving to Boston, Massachusetts. Holla. I uh, got into my, uh, it's a doctorate of pharmacy program. So it's direct entry, six years. 
There's only two in North America. I believe it's us. It's MCPHS and Dalhousie. So you're in Boston hardcore six years. Yeah. That's And when you graduate? Uh, I think I'm going to stay in the U.S. Yes. Try and apply for a green card or like, you know, citizenship just because the industry I feel needs more work in the U.S. Needs more work in Canada too. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to work that's on true. her Canadians, make sure she comes back. Yeah. <laughs> but so at the end of your six years, you will be? Uh, doctorate. Like, I'll have a doctor of pharmacy. So you'll be able to be top pharmacists? Maybe. I w- okay, so my I, everybody was, like, always, like, oh, you want to be working at Shoppers the rest of your life? And I was like, no. I actually want to go into gastroenterology. But you could, but working at Shoppers being a pharmacy is boss. I know, like, I know. But, but you do what you want. Yeah. I also think it's fantastic that you would like to go into gastroenterology. Like, who better knows that than Me? somebody who, yeah. right? I could already pass half the courses. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this textbook is wrong. This is actually Let wrong. Explain. We need Let's redo perspective. this. Let's yeah, so scrap it. One of the things that um, drew me to you was when we were at the Inside Affairs by GI yeah. Society, you read a poem that yeah. you had written. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stood out to me. And I know you're not going to read the whole poem. No. Perhaps we can put it up on our social media so <laughs> others can read it at their own time. Also, I think, too, it's nice to, for people to absorb poems privately and personally and i think yeah when people read your poem like like myself there were certain stanzas and lines that you said that i automatically thought about myself and i personalized it to me like i yeah. could have said that i could have wrote that like that's exactly what i'm thinking yeah so you're gonna read the last stanza of your poem yeah, the conclusion, yeah, yeah. not to not to spoil the ending everybody but <laughs> read your last section of your poem and then we'll talk okay. about so it kind of goes on then it what's says, the name of your poem it's well she named it look, for the GI study. It was named inflammatory bowel disease, right? Um, but I named You're it silence. Silence, yeah, powerful silence, yeah. Okay, okay. So I'll I'll just read the last ending. So I said, we all had to. We had no choice. We had no guidance. No please or thank you. No willful choice to decide what we were going to do today. We woke up one morning and our whole world had changed. Yet you think it's okay to make comments, to look, to be passive aggressive? Well, let me be passive aggressive with you. The next time you want to make a comment, look me up, look me out, and look me in. You talk about triggers. Every day is a trigger for we, me, and the whole world of IBD. Mm, snap. Yeah, snap for people. Oh, snap? Snap? Okay. <laughs> so you have to do. It was, it was probably my favorite line. It was kind of the ending where it was just like, you know, I tried to do it in the politest way, but it was just like, this is what I was feeling at the moment. All of my anger was just in this poem. I remember the feeling I had writing this poem where it was just like, I wanted to walk up to this one person that did all this to me and be like i hate you big yeah. slap yeah yeah like i wanted to, i literally told my mom i'm like i'm marching into her office slamming the door and being right. like who gave you the power to do that right so it's a built-up frustration of the lack of support that you yeah. had also being sick like why me yeah like, this is bullshit yeah, like why, why is this yeah. happening to me? I'm why am I sick? I too like I'm a good person. <laughs> like you know, I've done everything I was supposed to do. You know, um, I get that frustration. I also think there were some stanzas where it's almost like you were writing from the perspective of the disease. Yes, as well. Yeah. Which so is- there were some lines. It switches between me, um, like you know, the patient and the disease, where it's like the disease is kind of like, you know, I'm I'm here. I'm yeah. always listening. I'm always you know, yeah. causing problems. And then it flips to the other person where it's like. I feel this way, I feel this way, I feel this way. And it's supposed to be where you like realize the two different personalities and that's why it's silence because it's like, it's internal. 
all of what you're feeling, all of what you you know, IBD is telling you is all internal. Nobody else can hear it. No. It's like it's in your head, but outside you, it's silence. And I think, you know, people who are chronically ill, I know I've had my, when I got my diagnosis almost 16 and a half years ago now, my gosh, I've been sick for 16 and a half years, girl. Almost as uh, long as I've been alive. As, almost as long as she's been alive. Oh my God, I'm aged. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, not that way. <laughs> so, oh my God, that is shocking. Okay. So, no, but like, you know, when I was, when I got my diagnosis, like I have told listeners before, I've lived in the dark for like four years. I didn't understand that I was chronically ill. I didn't know what my disease was. I kept it a secret. Didn't even really tell my parents. So I was like, what's happening to me? This is weird. And then I started getting really, really sick. I ended up in hospital, ICU, almost died, big situation. And then I started to be like, you know what? I need to take command of my disease. I need to understand what's going on. I'm not going to hide behind, uh, you know, this veil anymore. I don't need to be ashamed. I didn't do anything to myself for this to happen. But it is hard. And even now still, 16 and a half years later, I still am frustrated with my body. Yeah. Like that, like my body has turned its back on me. And it's like, damn you, you know? And yeah. we can't, you know, when people are feeling stressed at work, when they're feeling overworked, when they're feeling overwhelmed with family or things are happening, you know, sometimes when sometimes they get away, you know, let's go on a vacation. Let's go. They get a break. Yes. But we can't take a break from our bodies. We go on no. vacation. You were in Hawaii and we have to take it with us. You know, yeah. it has to come with us and it's always there. And I think when you were reading your poem, there was a lot of that, like that frustration was there as well. Mm -hmm. I also had the frustration, you know, your frustration was directed towards, you know, people at your school who were not helping you in the way that they should have. Yeah. My frustration was directed towards like, you know, my first GI who wrote my diagnosis on a piece of paper and told me to Google it. You know, my frustration was directed towards people who I've worked with who haven't understood the severity of my disease, family and friends who have suggestions of great diets. Oh, yeah. That we yeah. can yeah. take the vegan gonna, diet. The vegan cures diet it all. Or this Just diet or that diet. Or, I, you know, I'm eating a piece of cheese. And are you sure you should eat that? And I'm just like, yes. Watch me. I've had this watch for 16 and a half years. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, watch you me know? put it in my mouth. But also thinking, too, I think it's frustrating that when people have suggestions for you. Now, you're early in your diagnosis, so it's mm -hmm. one thing. But I've been living with this disease for so long. Like, I promise you. I promise you, everybody. I have tried everything. Yeah. Everything. Every diet, every medication, every yoga, every yoga, every mindfulness, thing. mindfulness, every mindfulness, which is super helpful. Like, you know, there's credit to all of these things. And I know what works for me, but what doesn't work for other people. Right. Yeah. So what works for you? And this will be a journey. And, you know, it sucks mm -hmm. when I meet other people with IBD. It super sucks when it's kids, when it's youth. So like, you know, seeing you on stage and then they were like, you're 17 and you were just diagnosed. And I was just like, you know, God damn it. You know, there's like the frustration, like, you know, and the perspective of IBD, like this shit got us again. Like it's one of those, you know, mm -hmm. but, you know, you are fantastic. And I'm sure you've been told this a million times because you do wonderful things, but you, you like you're well beyond your years. Yeah. And I kind of wish you weren't. <laughs> I kind of wish you didn't yeah. have these experiences and you were not well behind you, beyond your years. But I'm sure that there are components of your life that you're still a teen. And I hope you hold on to that. But I, yes. and I also hope that when you get to Boston, the first thing you do when you get to school go is to Duncan. No, that you, no, <laughs> that you go to the accommodation center and yeah. you make it 
known right away like oh i have wait. i'm already yeah that. like do not yeah. wait until you're unwell and this is advice i give everybody do not wait until you are flaring or you are so unwell and then you're trying to advocate for yourself like you need to advocate for yourself beforehand in canada i'm not sure about the u.s but in canada crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis are recognized disabilities yes so same in the u.s yeah i would assume yeah. in the u.s as well like this is no joke you know pretty high prevalence and obviously making sure your healthcare is wrapped up in the states and, and all of those different which school will help with yeah yeah so we're yeah. we're doing um flying back home every six weeks um just because you know insurance won't cover it but um you know i did, i really honestly didn't want to let go of my gi right uh dr walters is kind of one in a million i know isn't it fantastic like my this, i feel like when i when i meet dr Sil when i met dr silberg for the first time even my doctor before that dr young when Dr. Young had to let me go because I got so sick and I needed to go downtown to Mount Sinai to Dr. Silberg, I cried that I was leaving this woman. I know. Balled my eyes so out. Scared. Saw her yesterday, though. Love her. And then I <laughs> met Dr. Silberg. Love him. And it's and like now I'm thinking you're with Dr. Walters. But so when you're at Sick Kids Hospital here in Canada, in Ontario, in Toronto, when Abby turns 18, she's you no longer yeah. the kid. She ages out. So you'll be transferring, you said, to McMaster, yeah, which has amazing doctors. But it's hard because now you're getting rid of, like... Well, because you build such a relationship. Absolutely. This is the hardest part of my life. Like, I've been through so some really hard stuff, and especially grade 12 alone. A lot of stuff happened alongside yeah. having IBD. Um, but being unwell is very difficult. Yeah, it's, it's difficult in and of itself. Like, the amount of energy it takes for me to stand up and get up in a day is so hard. Yeah. Like to get dressed, to go to school. And like, I love my teachers, but why do you talk for yeah. 80 minutes straight? Yeah, like, yeah. And it's, it's a lot. It's, it's English class. And then but you can't focus and you can't do many of these things. And you're tired and it's just, it's a lot. Like I realized this year, I've never had to come home and take naps. But every single day I was like, screw homework, I'm going to bed. Like This is also a component of the disease that people don't see. Like, no. People just think IBD is a bathroom disease and it's not, it's more than that. Like yeah. it impacts like our blood and our nutrient levels, like you were saying, all the vitamins and stuff you have to take. Oh, yeah. You know, it leads to headaches and skin issues and eye issues and joint pain That's and like all of it. these. It's the bum to gum disease. It's totally That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Just... And outside of that, once you get to a certain level, it's, it's just, it encompasses your whole body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned you had a boyfriend, which I'm assuming means mom and dad know. Okay, I tread lightly with Yes, you. yes, 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 yes. And mom and dad know. They make it very embarrassing. So have you been with, were you with your boyfriend before you were diagnosed? Did he, no. so you've met since your diagnosis? Yeah. So how has he been? A teenage boy. How is he well, dealing with? Well, funny thing is my boyfriend has an autoimmune disease as well. Okay. So he has, I don't remember the exact name of it. I think it's called ITP. Okay. It's a blood disorder. Right. So, so he has an insight. Yeah. So he kind of, he kind of gets it. And I think the one thing that I love about him is that he understands like everything, like remembers everything I tell him and like understands me, you know, not seeing me as my disease, but knows it's there, right? Like right. some of my friends will kind of forget. I'll be, they'll be like, oh, you're home again or you're skipping school again. Be like, oh no, how are you feeling today? How's the pain level? Like actually cares, which is weird because people who don't have IBD, it's hard to understand. Don't, yeah, don't get it, right? So that's why my, my best friend, um, her name's Carly, she is amazing. She and she's going through ulcerative colitis, but they think it's actually Crohn's because of how bad it is, and it's not right. just one area. Yeah. Um, but it's like we're literally texting each other. And we're like, "Hey, on the toilet too." Like, <laughs> it's a whole new level. Yeah. And so it's like I have those people that get me, right? And it's like 
I just have such a strong relationship with them that yeah. I don't think I'll ever have with anybody else. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And whether this relationship works with your boyfriend right now or not, because you guys are young and you know yes. who knows? Young and naive. It is still young and naive. You said it. Um, <laughs> it is still, you know, and that's what I said. When I meet other people with IBD or yeah. even other people who have other autoimmune diseases, you don't even like you just automatically connect. Get it. You automatically are like, hey, we've been you know, <laughs> and and I have fantastic family and friends in my life who do not have IBD or autoimmune diseases. Yeah. And they are fantastic with yeah. But there are certain levels that they just don't understand. They don't get it. Right? Yeah. So to hear that you have a best friend. And what's your boyfriend's name, by the way? Liam. So Carly and Liam. Just shout out. Just shout out. Just Love you guys. They're doing awesome things. <laughs> Love you guys. It also sucks that the both of them are dealing with their own illness as well. And I wish, yeah. I wish Carly and Liam, I wish you your wellness. <laughs> um, but it's, it's important. It's important yeah. that you have that community. That also tells me, you know, thinking as a like mom level now. It's also fantastic that yourself and those two individuals are open about talking about it. And that's how you found each other. Yeah. And that's what I say to people, to never be ashamed about your disease. No. To never hide it. Because there are so many people out there who have their own battles. Yeah. And once we start talking about it and opening up, we really do find some pretty beautiful people yeah. in our life. Yeah. And I think the people that have diseases like autoimmune diseases or yeah. uh, these sicknesses are really some of the strongest people. Like, totally learning to manage life dude like we are super strong yes we can boast yes. about ourselves yes okay hashtag badass yeah okay, we are badass she's putting on, on a shirt everybody put it on a shirt <laughs> we we are super strong yeah absolutely we are super we have no choice no we have no choice and, and you know when people are like you're so strong like i couldn't do it and i always say to people like i know you think you couldn't do it now but when you you're told when you have no choice you're gonna have it. it. You have to. Absolutely. And yeah. And but with that said, you are totally allowed to have your bad days. Totally. Yes. And feel sorry for yourself and break down and be like, this is horseshit. And like want to yes. like, punch your pillows. Like I I encourage you to let it out when it happens and cry yeah. and scream and just be like, don't talk to me. Like, you know, mom, get it. Yeah, do all of these things. Yeah. Close do all of these things because it's not healthy if you don't, right? And no. I hope you find humor in it. You will. Yes. You will get to a stage. Those those funny, what is it? I think I sent my friend at Christmas the 12 days of Crohn's mist. 12 days of Crohn's mist. It was hilarious. hilarious. We were just, we spent like 10 whole minutes laughing. I'm going to Google that later and see what that's all about. Oh, yeah. But it's, it is, you, we have to find moments yeah. of laughter in grief because yes. this disease is hard. Yeah. And it's, it's like not going away. It's like not you, going you, away. Yeah, there are days where I'm just like, why? Like, why me? Yeah. Why? Totally. Like, I already have enough crap going on. And when you get to university, lean into the mental health help because yes. university stress is another level. Oh, yeah. Being university stressed and being ill. I was diagnosed when I was in university, so that was, was like quite literally a hot mess. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but lean into mental health support yeah. and social groups and, and things like that because it's it's very important. Yeah, and I, I feel like your mom like letting you go. That that is my mom. She yeah, she she was at the event and she's like, I can. I kept looking down. I was sitting on the panel. I kept looking. You mean down. the inside affairs event? Yes, yes. So Abby was on a stage on a panel like up here, and her mom was at a table that was right in front. And the whole time I'm like looking at Abby. I'm looking at her mom. I'm looking at Abby. I'm looking at her mom. I'm like, it's gonna happen. Tears are tears are coming. She was out of hiding. Yeah, I just sheer joy and proud of her daughter. And she's filming. She's like, 
And I'm like, mom, why are you crying? She's like, you're so big. I'm like, yeah, we've gone over that a few times now. That's a lot, Ebony. Um, you, you got, I know you're a kid and I'm going to say this to you and you're going to be like, this is like, you, you have to let your mom be like that. Like, this is intense. One day, maybe you'll choose to be a mother. I'm not. Oh, I want to be. So one day, little little be, Abby's running around. Yeah. So one day you have little Abby's running around and you will know exactly. So try to just hold on to that when your mom oh, likes yeah. to hug you extra before you let go to Boston or like she's, all these things. She's like, there's an office there. She was like texting about, she's like, can you book more meetings in Boston? Also, just so she can drop by. Call your mother daily, every day. Honestly. Oh, yes. Just, or at least text her. Morning, ma, night, ma, life. <laughs> night, ma. <laughs> just do them again. She's going to get annoyed at those texts. So you've done some other volunteer stuff with GI Society. So yeah. they have a um, a video actually on their website. It's the Crohn's Patient Journey. Yeah. yeah. You were, were you involved with like just helping build the content for that? And yeah, so they, uh, they've done quite a few on the GI Society. It's a bunch of like these videos that- For patients. Yeah, 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 yeah. Explain the disease in the simplest, easiest way but like most descriptive you yeah. know like if you are newly diagnosed you need to watch these videos because it gives you like everything yeah absolutely and the gi society their website is actually badgut.org hilarious yes, badgut.org so oh yes and the good thing about gi society is like if you are listening to this podcast and you don't have ibd you don't have inflam um, inflammatory bowel disease crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis badgut.org which is the gi society website really encompasses all oh, gut-related yeah. stuff. There's stuff on there about IBS, IBS celiac yeah. disease. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff that's on there. And they yeah. do, the patient videos are really it's informative so at getting messages across for the average person. Yeah, like showing it. I know I showed it to um, like this club we have at my school. It's called Doc Talk. And it's like- Great club. I know, right? Doc Talk. Shout out to, my, to our Doc Talk leaders. Yeah. Uh, not gonna say her name, but I love her anyway. Yeah. Um, she- uh, we we actually she had me open and close doc talk at the beginning of the end of the year and she asked me to share this video because when everybody watched it right like i shared my story there's little nitbits that you know i have or might not have that other people do yeah and so when i showed this video everyone's like oh i get it now yeah i'm like yeah you know dr like mike evans has a video i don't know if you ever saw the video by dr mike evans but he has one that's like ibd 101 and it's it's animated which oh yeah which yeah the GI society yeah, GI society well. um but super like bum to gum and it's like you know it's imagine little fighters and you're like it's such a good way to explain it yeah. i've shown it to multiple people students yes yeah. all those things so you've been involved in projects like that which is amazing yeah the, yeah the video and i know they're um they're reaching out to me about other projects we just haven't hit them yet yes and don't overwhelm yourself don't put too much on your plate either um, and then Gutsy Walk, of course, with Crohn's and Colitis Canada. Yes, so, I did that with my best friend. Yeah, so gut, So this we're recording right now in, in the month of June, 2023. Gutsy Walk is the first Sunday in June. So Gutsy yep. Walk just recently just happened, recently happened yeah. June um, 4th. Yep, June 4th. Listeners know that I'm super involved with Gutsy Walk. I'm the chair of the Durham Region Gutsy Walk. I've been for like 10 years now. So you did the Gutsy Walk with your friend Carly? So, yeah, in Toronto. We did the with Toronto... Uh, Sunnybrook Park? Yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was really fun. It's if you are in Canada, the guts Let's do walk, it. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're in Canada, the gutsy walk happens um every All year. Over. Yeah. All so it's over. the first Sunday of June and it happens at over 75 locations across the country. Yeah. And it's an amazing experience just to go and be surrounded with other people like you. Oh yes. You know, like and it's fun it's a community, you know, and and fun t-shirts and people coming together and just 
it's just nice to be able gutsy walk was the first time i ever met somebody who had ibd wow my first gutsy walk i met my and then of course i met like 100 people you know who had ibd and i was like oh my god look at all these people you know um but it's a really it's a really it's it's an amazing day it raises money a lot of money for you know treatments and resources and was it 60k in toronto I think we hit 60K. In oh, no. In Toronto, you would have raised like half a million dollars or something. Oh, just kidding, everybody. Yeah. That was in number. Durham, we raised six, 60,000, which was really great. I forget what another Yeah. It was high, though. Oh, no. I think one family alone raised 60K. Oh, probably. Yes. In Toronto. Like, we were looking at the leaderboard and we're like, oh. Like my Mount Sinai, I think, has like a team that raises $100,000 every year. Oh, yeah. And like I know Takeda was there. Yeah. Takeda, McKesson, a lot of the big yeah. pharma companies do them as well. Yeah. So just before we head out, I want to shed some more positive light on some of the things that you have been doing. And and for for youth or even adults who are listening to this episode and, you know, maybe they have fistulizing Crohn's disease. Maybe they were just recently diagnosed. Like, yeah. you know, maybe they're struggling. Maybe they have a child who has IBD. Um, talk about the other things in your life that you're doing because you play sports. Yes. You know, like you are struggling and you have we have a tough disease but you are still living your life to the best that you can yeah i i was told not to return to school or sports but i'm stubborn i don't listen Uh, not necessarily saying you should follow that advice (laughs) however (laughs) um i yeah so i'm a competitive figure skater have been since i was about six or eight i started competing yeah you mentioned skating earlier yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so um i actually practice after this um (laughs) but yeah um I didn't want to let it go. You know, skating has obviously, I can tell there's a difference in my ability level or just like energy level in general. Just accepting what you could have done before and what you can do right now. Yeah, yeah. There, like things have changed, but not like, you know, heaven and earth. It's like little things here and there. You know, you might get tired easily. Mm-hmm. You might need a break a little more frequently. And it's not that bad. Um, I felt like, you know, skating is kind of one of those things for me where it's like, yes, it's exercise. Yes, I've been doing it for a long time. But for me, it's an outlet. Absolutely. And pe- like, a mental release. Yes. People need those outlets. Yes. I say to people, I'm like, I sound crazy. Even if all you can do is just go out there and skate around circles. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to do it. I, I like, say to people, I'm like, I sound crazy. But it's like, when I'm skating, my head's not talking. Right. You're thinking about when I'm when I'm here, I'm thinking school, you know, well, school's over. But, you know, the 14 assignments I had due, the test next right. week, the I have to pick my brother up at three and my dog needs to go to the vet because she threw up on the carpet like and then you hit the ice and it's like just like everything's everything's silent right you're thinking about the next move in your program it's your version of meditation your version of yoga your version of oh i can't do yoga i I get so distracted i'll do like five minutes and i'm like okay this is i'm done i'm done love you out so you're still skating but you're also acknowledging that there are times that you can't do as much as you've done before and that's hard that's hard to accept and you know I know Abby right now is making it seem easy. And as someone who played sports, like, you know, volleyball for myself, like it's hard sometimes to accept that I oh, could yeah. have done this before, but I can't, or maybe I can't do this ever again, or I can't do this today, you know? Yeah. But I think what's important is that you're still getting up and you're doing it. Well, yeah, like I've, I've had it where, you know, at competitions, I've been like so lightheaded that it was like, I couldn't get on the ice at that moment. Right. And it's like, and I hope you listened to your body and didn't stubbornly push yourself somewhere that you weren't because that is dangerous. I'm just going to pretend I say yes to that. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, like I know my coach has been pretty good about it. Like she's a lot of students. Like, what? Um, so sometimes she forgets, but she's really good at like, she'll see the change in me. Like there's a physical change that happens when I am feeling unwell. Because like I can manage pain. Like 
pain is not bad, but it's like when it's I'm dizzy or to the point where I'm nauseous that I can't focus, breathe with yeah. it coming up. There's a change in my attitude or my change in my like kind of appearance. Like I look distressed or something. And so she recognizes that. Right. And it's like, okay, sit down. And or she's like coach for a long time too. So I'm sure that since I was, bleh, she did can't skate. So like since I was two or four. Oh my gosh. Okay. So she definitely knows. Oh yeah. She's seen it all <laughs> throughout the years. She knows little Abby. Especially when I became <laughs> moody and hip puberty. Yep. <laughs> she still jokes okay. about that. All right. Yeah. Well, Abby, I'm so glad that you joined us Thank the you. day before prom. Yes. And go get pampered and getting ready to do all the things. And I'm so proud of you for doing all the advocacy work that you're doing. Yeah. I'm super proud of you for getting that scholarship. And you're going to go to Boston and you're going to kick butt. Um, and I wish you all the wellness. I really do. I would love to be able to tell you, like, you'll never get sick again, Abby. Um, That's but not we true. are we are chronically ill, yes. so it'll ebb and flow. So I wish you strength when times are difficult. Thank you. And I wish you continued wellness when you get to a level where you're like, I can manage this. I can do this, right? Yes. Like whether it's remission or whether it's just like symptom, full symptom management, Stop, Yeah, you know, those types of things. Um, and obviously wellness to your friends and to your family. Yeah. So anybody who was listening to the episode today, you know, it's not just adults, unfortunately, who are impacted by IBD, but it's also youth as well. And I can't, I just, you know, a teenager sitting here navigating high school and university applications and still figure skating and being a lifeguard and doing all these things with fistulizing Crohn's disease, you know, I just hope because we have a lot of listeners who sometimes, you know, who will write me and tell me that they're in a really bad place with their disease at the time. They're in hospital or they're in the bed and they listen to the podcast and it gives them hope. And I really hope that your Don't story yeah. has given them hope um, and that times are tough now and they're super dark. But like try, try to keep your head up. Try to find little positives in the day. Find your Carly. Find your Carly. Find your Liam. Yes. Find somebody who can support you. Head over to badgut.org and, and you know, watch you don't have videos. to be Canadian to watch these. Like, you know, watch the patient videos, educate yourself, advocate for yourself, you know, to your employer, to your school, to whoever it is that you spend a lot of your time with. Don't live in shame with this disease. Don't try to hide this disease. Um, I wish everybody wellness. Um, and until I see you all in our next episode, thank you for supporting us. Remember, you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter at GTSNGLRY. And our website is GutsN, the letter N, glory.ca. And we'll be posting some of the links as well that you shared and perhaps maybe your full poem so that yeah. our listeners can read. So thank you, listeners. I hope you're doing well. Strength and positive thoughts. The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All information contained on or related to this podcast is for general information purposes only. 